So today I'm with, uh, I guess, Sky presenter, you know, B- BBL Sky presenter Nat Coombs on the All British Basketball Podcast, BBL Lab. So how, how, how are you doing today? Uh, very good. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know, th- thank you for coming on. We've been wanting to make it happen for a, for a while. And I guess here we, we are. We got there so- at the end, didn't we? We've been yeah. knocking back a lot of DMs on Twitter. And, and it's entirely <laughs> my fault that it hasn't happened until now, but we made it. That's the important yeah. thing. Yeah, well, we're here now. And like you said, that, that's, that's all that matters. So, right. So to start off, you know, I guess explain who you are, you know, what, what you do and, you know, I guess how, how you got into the position you're in now. Well, I, as you say, I'm, I'm, I'm anchoring the, the BBL coverage for Sky this year. And, and that's that's what I do. I'm, I'm a sports anchor uh, yeah. that I guess particularly is, has worked uh, in two spaces. A so live sport is very much uh, where, I, uh, where I like to be and, and American sports as well. So I guess yeah, I'm yeah. probably most known uh, for my work with the NFL, which um I've been broadcasting God for getting on 15 years, would you believe, uh, in uh, for all kinds of all kinds of channels and all kinds of ways. So I started out um, my first NFL gig was on Channel Five back in the day, the late night stuff, and then I moved to Channel Four, and then be doing stuff with the BBC and TalkSport, and have a show with ESPN, and so I kind of bounced around a lot with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, like like many people in 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 our business, you know, hide gun, right? So I go where the work where the work is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess what, you know, um, something I've been interested in since the BBL came, you know, when it was announced to be on Sky Sports, what was the process of, you know, getting the British Basketball League onto, you know, Sky Sports? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of things had to align. I mean, you know, it's worth pointing out that um, there's probably a lot I don't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, the, as the host, I just rock up and ask, ask questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you know, obviously a bit more than that, but the, the company behind it, uh, a buzz 16 are a terrific firm and Scott Melvin, who's one of the main guys there was, I guess, a key protagonist in putting everything yeah, yeah. together and uh, realized that there's huge potential for, for the BBL. Um, and in order for it to fulfill that potential, then, a platform like Sky Sports is is fundamental. By no means yeah. the only part of it. I think there are a lot of different things. You know, your work and other podcasters that are out there, and digital content makers that are out there. I think that's massive, and, and yeah, social yeah, yeah. media as well. But having uh, a regular exposure for the game, for live games, I think is is obviously a fundamental for for any league to succeed. So Scott and the Bus Sixteen guys were were key putting it together. Obviously with the BBL and Scott comes from Sky Sports so mm. has a lot of good relationships there and I think has managed to put together a really really experienced crew you know and some of the guys that you don't see behind the scenes yeah, yeah. have been involved in sports for a long time but basketball as well um so our director Andy Mick our producer these are guys that have been you know 20 25 years involved in broadcasting basketball yeah, in yeah. one way or another and I think that's that's you know, as important, of course, as uh, as what you see on the screen is, is the is the experience, the team behind it. Yeah, well, you know, seeing the BBL on Sky was great because I guess as a kid growing up, you know, you see, you know, the Premier League, you know, you see all the big football on there. So seeing right. the sport, just you know, finally getting, I guess, that coverage was, was it's amazing, you know. Yeah, oh, that's that's great to hear. And what, you know, what we wanted to, one of the things that we really wanted to do was make sure that we created a show that was accessible for for newbies yeah, and i don't yeah. just mean people necessarily new to to the bbl um but absolutely people that are new to the bbl but <laughs> even new to basketball right or kind of maybe have a passing interest to catch the odd nba game yeah, we wanted yeah. to create a show that they could feel uh 
not alienated, not kind of shut out, that wasn't too overtly technical, but equally to make sure that we were embracing and not patronizing really literate fans out there, either literate basketball fans or literate BBL fans, right? And that's the kind of balance that we've tried to strike is create a show that, that achieves both. And I think because particularly the, the depth of talent that we have with Kieran and Mike and Drew yeah. and Ant and Dan and, uh, and all the great guests we've had, Gina Crandall and, uh, and, and, you know, many others that are playing in the league right now as guests on the, on the weeks that they're not playing or they don't have a game on the nights uh, that they yeah. don't have a game. That's, I think, great for the, for the hardcore fan that these are all people that live and breathe it. Yeah, well, I know, I guess, I, I know it's how, I know people that don't necessarily follow basketball now have, you know, noticed that the BBL, I guess the BBL even exists now. It's on Sky, for instance, in school, people say, oh, you know, oh, uh, I saw, you know, for instance, cause I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I've, I've started doing Giants things. Or oh, I saw the Giants on Sky or, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's definitely helped a lot. A big time. It's that just that accessibility. I mean, I remember, I mean, that's how, you know, as a kid, I mean, my kind of route to American sports was, mm. was through the NFL. And I fell in love with the NFL as a kid and then discovered baseball and basketball, right? And just was kind of devouring everything, everything I could, I could. <laughs> Oh, I think I think you've frozen. As go, uh, did you lose me then? Yeah, yeah my yeah, connection right. dropped out. Shall I pick that up? Uh, Do you want me to pick that up? Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I was talking about how I fell in love with yeah, yeah, uh, yeah American yeah. sports, right? And so as a kid, it was the NFL that got me in, and then then baseball and basketball followed. But if I hadn't turned on the TV and stumbled across the NFL. I'm not sure, uh, you know, I'm not sure any of this would have happened, right? And that's the kind of crazy thing, but uh, it's different now because I grew up when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have the internet um, and, and obviously social media, right? So I'm dating myself here, but, um, you know, so it was, if you saw it on TV, if you kind of lucked across it, uh, and I guess there, because of, you know, because of the rise of, of digital and digitization and everything, there are more entry points for people to find stuff, you know, but, Nevertheless, nothing beats seeing the game, right? So, so seeing the live, a live show, the action, nothing beats that. Yeah. So obviously it was a final last Sunday, you know, the trophy final, mm. it was Plymouth Lions and it, it was a great one. Yeah. So what what's it like, I guess, being at live games and, you know, seeing these, you know, great talents on the court? Uh, it's a, it's a great question because I think that's really underestimated. Yeah. Um, and I, I really try and remind myself not to underestimate that um, because it's a privilege, man. It really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And the, I found, I mean, this is the first year I've covered basketball in this mm. capacity, right? In different shows I've done over the years, I've done a lot of radio stuff and uh, particularly with talk sport. And, and again, that tends to be quite, you know, American sports focused. So, you know, I've, in that capacity, but this is the first time I've covered the game uh, in terms of live coverage. So in the first game, uh, it was, I mean, the whole story of the first game was nuts anyway, right? Because we, yeah. it was in Newcastle, it was a double header and we were, I mean, it was proper, everything that go wrong, uh, that everything that could go wrong went wrong. So <laughs> we were, I mean, getting a cab at one point from Grantham to, to Newcastle to get to the venue on time. Cause our train had broken down. We got to the venue like 40 minutes before we were meant to go. I mean, it was nuts. And I remember when I finally, having got the kind of first game on, so yeah, we finished yeah. the pregame, we're just sitting down, taking a deep breath. 
I, I remember just, you know, getting my bearings and, you know, sitting next to Kieran and Mike and just like, take a deep breath and like, oh my, you know, bow, I'm here. This is it. This is happening. Yeah, this is yeah, starting yeah, now. Yeah. And, and, and so I don't take that for granted. And, and to your question about the final, I mean, look, it's obviously whichever way you cut it, it's weird without fans, right? You know, and yeah, I think yeah. the players have done incredibly well to, to, you know, keep that energy mm. and that focus in, you know, in an environment where there's no crowd to feed off and there's no energy in the room. And it is difficult, even though we've all kind of got used to it a bit, right? Watching, watching sport yeah, and yeah, telly yeah, as well. Yeah. But I mean, you're probably the same, right? But, <laughs> um, but it's, it's weird. So I can't wait for the fans to be back. But nevertheless, just the energy of being that close to the action and, and particularly on a game like Sunday when there's silverware on the line and you see yeah. what it means. I have to say, that was something that was was really apparent. And by no means am I saying this wasn't apparent with the mm. Raiders because actually I remember doing, uh, we did a game in Plymouth turn of the year and it was when Vincent oh, and yeah, Andrew yeah. Lawrence were guests. And I remember that game talking to Andrew Lawrence, just saying the intensity in, in this team was really apparent. Like it, you could see that there was something coming together with Plymouth as a team, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. and. And of course, they've gone on this terrific run. So when I say what I'm about to say, it's by no means a, a saying that Plymouth didn't have this, but London mm. and Liggins in particular were just his inner zone. He was just absolutely locked in. You could see from the very start, he yeah, was yeah. completely, completely fifth gear. He was he was brilliant on Sunday. Yeah, well, I, I, I noticed that and it seemed like, I guess, I guess you could say the lion, you know, phrase commonly used to is they won it. They were the team that wanted it more won on the day, and I guess that might might be down to the fact that the lions were in the fight. You know, the cup final, I think it was yep. against the Eagles, when you know, so you know, COVID and that hit. Right. So I think you know, for instance, that that might have been a driving force for the for the lions. But I, mean, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, great final. I think you're spot on with that, and I think Liggins said that in uh in one of the we well, said probably in a number of the interviews he gave but definitely the one the the, the piece that that we did yeah the, one of the pre-game features Liggins w was talking about that and the motivation i mean there must be nothing worse right than missing a big game and watching it and knowing you just can't do anything yeah, about it yeah. you can't help your teammates and he was saying that so yeah i think i think it's it's uh it, it's you're bang on with that that the motivation that a lot of the players that didn't take part drew from that you could see they were not going to let another one go yeah so to anyone i guess you know looking to get into you know presenting or anything like that what what advice i guess would you give to you know to someone you know if they were looking to get into a similar career choice as yours yeah 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 i guess the, a few different things um firstly just get out there and start doing stuff. I mean, yeah. a massive respect to what you're doing, uh, you know, for Appreciate really, it. really. Um, uh, and that's, that would be my first bit of advice is whether it is getting on mic and doing that. And even then there are lots of different things you can look at, right? So you can host stuff, you can mm. go on, hook up with somebody else and go on more as an analyst, you know, and on the technical side in that way, you could practice commentating play by play and just, you know, and even when I say practice, I mean, you know, you could, is there a local team that you could get involved with in that capacity or, yeah, you know, yeah. so you can just find, get reps, just pick up reps, you know, whatever you're doing, but if it's not broadcasting, writing, uh, and, and if you just want to get involved in it and you're not really comfortable or interested in either of those spaces, then you've got producing as well. Right. So all yeah, of these yeah. different areas. So I think getting reps is key. And I think that's not to be underestimated. I think the, one of the values there as well is we're doing that is you, you 
you start to find out what you want to do, you know, and it isn't necessarily always clear. Like I've, I know, you know, friends of mine in the, in the business that knew from an early age, they just wanted to be commentators and that's what they wanted yeah, yeah. to do. I wasn't, unfortunately, I wasn't blessed <laughs> with a clear vision. So it took a while to kind of work that out. But I remember when I was, uh, when I was started anchoring shows and that's, that's specific, you know, uh, specifically what I do and what I want to mm. do when I anchor shows, uh, I knew straight away, this is what I want. This is, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm home. This is what I want to focus on. So you don't, I think you only really discover that to the most part by experimenting and trying different yeah, roles yeah. And, and working out what you want to do. I suppose the other bit of advice I'd give too would be, um, would be to just be, be humble and, uh, and respectful because I think yeah, that gets yeah. you a long way. Even when you start, when things start to happen, I think it's uh, very much just like the sports we cover it's very much a team game, right? You gotta, we're all in a team and there are lots of different personalities and lots of different characters and, you know, just like in a locker room, right? But uh, if there is a harmonious team and if you are helping create that harmony just by being, you know, respectful to other people, it doesn't matter if somebody is the director of the show or a mm. runner on the show, like you should treat people the same and, and shouldn't carry ego. Uh, I, I've always really tried to, uh, respect that and 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 you know apply that to what I do. I think that's a that's a big thing. So just be, you know, head down, try different things. Uh, and one other thing I'd say, just be prepared to do within reason anything. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all have our limits. But I got um, a very quick story. I got uh, a pretty big break after I was already presenting. Uh, I was already doing NFL on on Channel Five, and I got a call from ESPN. Uh, so the first time I worked with them, it's when back in the day when they had the Premier League rights before oh, BT yeah. got on and they had a, 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 ch a kind of chat show, a bit like Soccer AM, I guess, which mm. Art Chapman and Kelly Cates were presenting. And the guy, the producer phoned me and said, um, uh, you know, a friend of mine in the industry has recommended you. Would you be interested in coming in? I know you're presenting, but we've got an opportunity to do like a little feature on the show every week for a couple of weeks because the guy that normally does it is, is, is away. And I know you might think it's beneath you because you're presenting, but if you're interested, great. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let, let's kind of, it's a great show. It's really yeah, good yeah. people. So I rocked up and did it and I had a really good time doing it. Uh, I didn't think anything more of it. And then a few months later, they got back in touch and Chappers was moving on and there was a presenting role open. And because I knew them, that I, th I think played a big part in helping me get the gig because, uh, so if I'd been a bit of an, you know, egocentric well, I'm not doing that. I'm a presenter, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but we wouldn't have got the gig. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what I mean as well, I guess, by having a bit of humility and um, yeah, just uh, uh, head down and, and cracking on. So yeah, a few different things I'd, I'd, I'd say there. Yeah. I suppose, well, I guess to add on to my own, my own question, something I guess has helped me, uh, you could say is, this isn't me saying, you know, to use people, but it's kind of, make, you know, networking, you know, making yeah. sure, you know, keeping good relationships and then, if you need help and one thing I, I found myself in the basketball community is everyone's willing to help every, you know anyone and everyone you know yeah say I need a clip for a certain thing I'm trying to do someone will happily send that clip for, you know you know that kind of yeah. thing which is great about community and it's also you know to build your name and that you, you know it's about networking as well yeah I think that's a really really good point and, and social media really enables that right I mean that's how yeah. that's how we met right you know yeah, you know yeah. we kind of hooked up on there you can reach out to you know, to people and, 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 you know, if you are doing something, you know, whether it's a podcast or you're writing a mm. column and you want to get like, don't be afraid to do that. You know, I mean, don't be afraid. You know, I, 
I absolutely do my best if, if somebody reaches out to me to, if it's somebody asking for advice or whatever, to, to come back to them. Because I really appreciate it when I was starting out, people that did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, a comedy writer in LA who I reached out to when I was still at school. And he wrote a letter back to me from, uh, he, he was working for Paramount at the time and it was on this Paramount Pictures headed paper. And I still got the letters, like, you know. And the fact he, it was a great letter and he took time to do it. And years later, uh, he's on Twitter and I started following him and he followed me back and I messaged him saying, you're probably not gonna remember this, but as a kid, I wrote to you and you yeah, took time yeah. to write back to me. And the crazy thing was, he said, uh, I don't think you remember the letter, but he goes, ah, I was in London about three months ago and I caught you on, uh, I was watching NFL coverage and I caught you on, it's like, no way, this is like crazy full circle stuff, you know? So yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think it's a good point you make, man. Net networking, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so uh, a, fan, a fan question now. Uh, this is from Jake Nichols, one of the co-hosts of uh, a uh, Manchester Giants podcast, Orpheans Giant. So from mm. B, so BBL players that could, so I guess pick any BBL players that you think will cross over to the NFL and who and what positions. <laughs> I love that question. Uh, I've got to go. Well, okay, I've got to go. Firstly, I've got to keep it close to home, right? I've got to keep it in the family. So I've got to say Drew Lasker. Yeah. Lasker, I think, would make a, a solid slot receiver. I think Lasker, he would be, he's got to be, he's got definitely got to have a, a, a position that flashes it inherent in that. So I'm saying that Ashley Hamilton, definitely. I could see Hamilton as a tight end. Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of correlation there. A lot of tight ends, of course, are, are often uh, make that transition for basketball. You see a lot of college. Antonio Gates was a good example um, of a, you know, a, a really capable basketball player that, that made the switch so tight ends a good position there um Liggins as well you can see Liggins doing damage as a running back uh yeah just handing the rock and he'll yeah he will he will just run th bulldoze through the middle <laughs> Derek Henry style so yeah those are my three <laughs> okay so and another fun question this one's from LVC Dusha uh, mm. and lvc uh, <laughs> asked uh, when are you getting on when are you getting him on as a guest <laughs> yeah, i love it i love it lvc hey if it was in my if it was my call lvc this friday what you what are you up to this friday that would be great hey let's do it let's do it i mean we've, we've had you know some uh you know some great players on this season already i mean i mentioned ash i mentioned yeah, yeah. gino uh you know gareth was on the other week as well so uh, you know, it's very much the plan to do that and to keep doing that kind of rolling into next season. So yeah, um, we will make it work, LBC. Absolutely, got to, got to, got to get it done, man. Okay, so on, on to the I guess the final segment of, of the podcast. We've got a couple of quick fire questions. So to start off with, who's who's been the best person in, in your entire career to work with? Wow, that's a hell of a question. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it would be really hard to pick to pick one um yeah because i've uh, you know been really really lucky both in terms of the, the colleagues i've had mm. and uh and also the opportunity i've had with different you know different interviews and stuff i suppose that with the latter because it wouldn't be fair to pick a kind of <laughs> one colleague over the others but i would i would say um there were two two players in particular both nfl well okay three i'll give you three names so okay most fun I one of the most fun interviews I ever did was with Hugh Jackman, which was when I was with ESPN the first time, and he was promoting a film called Real Steel, and uh, it was one of those things where you know that these guys they do like fifty five interviews in a day, and everyone yeah, gets yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, five minutes or whatever. 
And we were, we were lucky because A, we were the last interview of the day, which you might think is the worst spot, but can actually be the best. Yeah. yeah. And he rocked up and his, and his, um, you know, he's always people kind of came in, you're in a hotel room and, you know, he rocked up and he said, um, uh, his people said, okay, Hugh has uh, exactly 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> they said, like, okay, all right, we better yeah, get moving yeah. then. And, um, and then my producer kind of came over and said, so Hugh, so we're uh, ESPN. He's like, ESPN, he saw the mic cube. He's like, great. Uh, and my producer said, so it's quite a chilled, show like you know we have fun with oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh great can we talk about sports and he's like we talk about what you want so uh, we had a lot of fun with it and um uh he was a really good laugh and we ended up um i think going for about 30 35 minutes <laughs> minutes you could see his publicist just giving me yeah, daggers yeah, that yeah, probably yeah. completely wrecked their schedule um so that was great fun and he was he was he was brilliant um player wise very quickly to uh both nfl players that were just legends for me as a kid mm. um joe montana so i got to i got to work a bit with montana uh and recreate um one of the legendary plays in uh, in 49ers history with him and then also get to ask him about um his favorite john candy film because there's a seminal bit of footage which you're obviously far too young to remember even i even for me i was i was a, a young kid when it happened but the 49ers were in the super bowl they were mm. down there was two minutes to go yeah. he had to drive his team down the whole length of the field and you know this one and he basically is Me. in a huddle and he says oh look guys john candy and points out the film star john candy <laughs> in the crowd and all his teammates are just laugh relax and it's yeah, and yeah. it's a classic example of just great leadership so <laughs> so i got to ask him about his favorite john candy film so montana was great and then finally jim kelly who was obviously a contemporary of, of montana's who was a brilliant quarterback and just a very tough tough like old school player in many respects who is even more impressive and strong off the field. He's been battling cancer, uh, has battled it and, and, and has won yeah. that battle. Um, and just an inspiration. And he was one of the games, London games we were doing at Wembley for, for the BBC. It was, was kind of brought in as a guest and I was really just, God, I mean, it, that was one of those moments I was just so yeah, thankful yeah. for what I'm doing. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm interviewing Jim Kelly. A, I'm interviewing him. B, he's sound. He's like a really <laughs> top bloke. And this is, this is a job, you know? So this is, so those three I'd say. Yeah. Okay. So who, what, what, I guess, in fact, what, what's been the funniest story, you know, in your career, you know, what has been a story that sticks out that you can joke about or embarrassing moment or something. <laughs> oh God, a lot of embarrassing <laughs> moments. I am. Um, wow. Okay. Um, so I, at Super Bowl, I was doing in New York. Yeah. We were, this is when we were on channel four, I think, uh, we were out there all week and it was freezing. It was proper bitter New York weather. <laughs> and we were filming all week doing things and Super Bowls anyway are nuts, right? Because they are yeah, just yeah, a yeah. whirlwind of, you're there like, I mean, my God, if you're not only are you working very hard, but you might go out at the end of the day for for you know uh for one or two one or two uh glasses of uh of the good stuff and um so the long old weeks and uh, by game day i was sick as a dog <laughs> i was <laughs> i don't think i've ever been that ill in my life and yeah. so the production meeting that we had on game day was about 9 a.m and you could see in the production meeting and for this game i wasn't anchoring it i was sideline right so i was doing sideline which is an unreal gig at the Super Bowl, right? Um, and more of that in a minute. And uh, so the producer said, um, 
nah, you need to, you need to get some sleep. So go, <laughs> go up to the hotel room. And a uh, Super Bowl, this one was in, everyone was based in Manhattan, in, uh, even though yeah, the game yeah. was in MetLife, which is actually in Jersey. Um, okay. Over okay. state lines, right? And so he said, get some sleep. There are shuttle buses that are running to the stadium every hour, all these different locations, shuttle media to the stadium, right? So yeah, yeah. get a few hours sleep, get a shuttle bus about one o'clock. We'll get you some food and we're there. You'll be, fu- you'll be fine. So I'm just sort of drifting off to sleep. And then the phone rings about 20 minutes later saying, now nah, all the shuttle bus, the bus have been canceled because of security. You're going to make your own way to MetLife. Oh, man. So I was, I mean, I just couldn't make this stuff up. I was, I was so ill. And it wasn't like, oh, I've got a cold. I was like properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like crammed into a tube, you know, like they sort of pushed against <laughs> it. Got me so far that I had to get a train and... It, you know, I was making my way there. Just what is going on? By the time I, I got to, I think a certain station, and then I got a cab, and the cab says, "This is as far as I can go." And I could see MetLife; I could see it. But he pulled into this hotel opposite MetLife. He said, "I can't go any further because of security." So I had to. I think how many it's how many into the stadium? And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like sort of sixteen lanes of of, of <laughs> motorway, and the guy said. I phoned my producer and he said, Natty, come on, we've got to, you know, (laughs) fine. So there was a bus in this hotel, which was uh, with a a lady with a clipboard, right? And so I walked up to her and I said, and by this stage, I had my Super Bowl pass because you pick it up, obviously, before you get in. Mm. And I said, as you can see, I'm from, and I put on a real sort of Hugh Grant, (laughs) Hugh Grant stuff. (laughs) I'm from, you know, the UK and uh, you're not going to believe this, but, and, she let me get on the bus to get into, which is go to the stadium. And yeah, the bus yeah. was full of, it was the Seahawks playing and the, full of Seahawks uh, friends and family. And like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I drive into the thing with them. Yeah. And anyway, by the, so I get in finally and I get, I get down pitch side. And by this stage, man, I am absolutely space cadet. Like I am, I, to this day, I have no idea how I did that broadcast. I joke about it with, I still, um, still see some of the guys involved with that. And I just have no, I mean, I have no real memory of it. Um, and it looks fine. Like you look on camera, you wouldn't have any idea. And luckily in a way, if I was anchoring that, I would have been, that could have got interesting, but, uh, but you know, can you imagine being in that state after that journey? And then I'm sidelines at the Super Bowl. Just, I just felt like I was in a dream. It was just <laughs> ridiculous. So yeah, that was, um, that was hair raising, but we made it, we made it. And, yeah. um, and uh, I got home just. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess that, that's it. It's been, it's been great talking to you. Great getting an insight onto, you know, presenting and, and your career. So yes, yeah, th- thank you for coming on. Oh, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. And you know, Props for everything you're doing, man. Keep going. Keep keep grinding with that, man. Thank you. Thank you.